It's your music is bad, and you should feel bad. I'm your host, Matt Lee. This week, not sure who should feel bad, because... Look, uh, podcasts don't always have to have a topic or a theme or a thing we agreed to talk about in advance. Sometimes you just gotta get together with some microphones and crap one out. This week, uh, I took the podcast up to Jamie in Washington Heights, and, uh... We crapped one out real good. We ended up talking about some pretty important stuff, like how there's no music that everyone likes, and how having a podcast is better than ruining parties by telling everyone the music sucks. Let's just, uh, I hit record. Uh, it's got three hours of time on it, which I'm sure we won't need. Uh, so, but yeah, let's just, you said you got some questions or some stuff you want to talk about. So let's maybe start with that and see where where we go. Welcome to my apartment, Matt. Thank you, Jamie. It is lovely to be here. <laughs> <laughs> in, in my bedroom, on my bed. Oh, yeah. Oh, right. That just makes it sound really awkward, doesn't it? Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, what, uh, what he meant to say was in our fancy recording studio. Cripple edition. Cripple edition. <laughs> yeah. So should we should we briefly mention, uh, so Jamie is currently uh, recovering. Yeah. I, I had a, I got in a fight over a Big Mac. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I, I, d- I don't like that joke, actually, but it's, <laughs> it's sad. <laughs> I was coming home from a recording session um, or a recording writing session, and as you do, you come home in the wee hours of the morning, and I was coming from downtown yeah, from the studio, and uh, and then I, I forgot that my my fiancé had cooked dinner. So it's that time where I was like, ah, I, I, all right, it's been three months. I'm going to go have a, a McDonald's. <laughs> And then some drunk guy came up to me who is like half my height, clearly with a complex, and decided that we were going to do this. (laughs) Really? Yeah. Wow. So I hit the guy and then proceeded to, once he went down to the floor, try and order my sandwich. (laughs) (laughs) Not a good idea. So he he got, long story short, he got me. Now I have like seven pins and a plate. So so I'm I'm crippled, guys. I'll walk again in January. Yeah. You'll be back. So Matt, Matt visited me. Now we're doing the podcast. Yes. So I, I had questions for you. There's a lot of things that you get up to in your um, music life, mm-hmm. and uh, you know one one of the things that you always attend is Nam and and, yes. and then also Prog Power. And one of the things that I saw you commenting on on Facebook was about Prog Power, <laughs> and just you know a bunch of expletives uh, and, and exclamation I, points well, like pricing, pricing. Okay, so uh, I cannot tell the complete story right now ah, okay. because I, yeah, I, I pissed some people off, and uh, that's always a good thing. <laughs> I mean, it almost turned into a great. It almost turned into like a, a thing that would have been a major podcast deal, but because, uh, well, let's okay. Uh, oh man, I'm trying to figure. <laughs> well, I can always edit this later, so I'll just actually I could just tell you the whole fucking story and edit it down to whatever I want. Um, but, uh, a simplified version, uh, oh, fuck, I really want to tell, like, the, I want to tell you the real story. I'm sure you're going to over drinks Um, later. (laughs) Right, but I'm trying to decide what I shouldn't say on the podcast. 
I was basically complaining about the price of the 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 Prague Power started out as a two day festival, Friday and Saturday, and gradually expanded to encompass Thursday and Wednesday as like pre show uh, events, which would uh, started off with you know sort of lesser known bands like you know two too new to get the main show but still in the right style of music that people would want to hear them right and uh well i mean it's pretty much like a comic-con sense of of progressive music in the sense that you not only hear bands perform but there are probably booths to meet them and get signings and things yeah like that. right there are signings there's a merch room did they bring uh, guitars there as well to like feature for the guitarist people or is it uh, more just no, about it's not music? quite yeah not quite that level but uh there's like a vendor room, which uh, is not quite as pumping as it used to be because so, uh, less people buy CDs and stuff. Right. But there's still a bunch of booths in there with like uh, record, uh, either stores that sell um, metal stuff or in some cases like inside out music, like record labels who specifically do prog or metal stuff will actually have somebody there with merch and CDs and stuff. Right. Um, so it's now officially all four days. Uh, they finally did a deal where the, the promoter Glenn worked with the promoters of the first of the Wednesday and Thursday nights, uh, Milton and Nathan, the Thursday, uh, Wednesday and Thursday are one ticket now. So you can buy a two-day pass for Wednesday and Thursday, or you can buy a Friday and Saturday. Unfortunately, I was hoping when they announced that Wednesday and Thursday would be officially under the... Um, the idea is that they all now happen in the main room at this venue. The, this venue has a couple other rooms, mm. so sometimes Wednesday or Thursday would take place in one of those. Right. But now, since they made it all related, uh, they can use the main room for all four nights, and uh, it's a nicer stage and bigger room and right. more space and shit. So... Uh, All that spandex under right. one roof. So the first two nights are now about 120 bucks plus, you know, Ticketmaster stuff. So it's about 140 But that's not uh, that's not unreasonable when you when you look at it. Uh, I I basically um, my reaction, my expletive Facebook reactions were partially because it's a tr it's the combination of Wednesday and Thursday used to be between like 20 and 50 or 60 bucks depending on the lineup. Right. So at most maybe like 80 bucks combined and uh there's usually at least one of those nights where I was unenthusiastic about the lineup at some point. You see probably sack the stuff off and not yeah. really watch all of it anyhow. Right. And but so so a lot of the times it comes down to how many of my friends are going to that particular show. Mm -hmm. Do I want to go there or are there people to hang out with so I just won't go because I've done that too. I mean they announced the lineup well before anyhow, right? right. So you can research right. and So what happened was uh I had just gotten my confirmation for my gold badge for the Friday and Saturday. Ooh, they call it a gold badge. Yeah. Well, gold badge is a thing where like... Does uh, Kanye go? No. It's, <laughs> it's, it's a way to, uh, since the early days of the festival, a way for the promoter to get money in advance. Right. Uh, There's backing? Right. It's so certain certain people, uh, if you, and it's a, it's a limited number of them. So if you've been on board... You you still have access, but if you don't go, like you can lose your place on the list. 
and there's a few uh, special perks and like early entry to stuff and and all that. So there's some stuff, uh, but um, and I talked we talked in more detail on this. There's an episode from Prague Power that we did, and we talk a little bit about the history of it. So there's, there's oh more cool. There. But basically, what happened? I I was like so shocked because I was like I I, I just got my con- I I paid for that thing and and then I had spent all the rest of my money because it's like. November and it's Black Friday and like and like holiday sales and so it's just like a good time of year to buy all your stuff yeah so I had spent all this money and I was basically like in my okay now I just don't spend any more money for like the rest of December mode um, and then I woke up one day and it was like oh right these tickets are on sale oh man they're selling out fast for the first two nights I better get my tickets and then I was like 120 bucks plus fees and shit 140 bucks for for the first two nights, which I was alone, s- not super thrilled about the so lineup. So then the second night would be how much on top of that? Well, the f- okay, the first two now would be one forty, and then, uh, I mean, I the public price for the other two is probably about the same. It's probably about the same price now for for the first two nights as it is for the. So now it's 280 two hundred and eighty bloody dollars. Right. So it's it. it I the mean, the Vakin festival is less than that. Right. Well, okay, but here's the th- you do have to consider that it's always been a. A uh, a festival that is uh, so sp- specific that it requires more funding to right make it because it's a smaller close knit thing. It never it, it had opportunities to so grow it's like the hipster genre basically. Well, kind of, but it's it's <laughs> instead of hipster, it's just it's prog, right? It's just right. it's a niche, right? It's so it's it's prog people. Uh, they're gonna get bands there's always some exclusives some bands that you you can't see anywhere else because Mm. they haven't played in the states before right and that used to be uh a super big deal but the thing is now it's more like uh partially because of the festival a lot of the bands that started off as exclusives now do regularly tour in the u.s Mm -hmm. um and uh but a lot of the newer bands are sort of more like prog and power metal that's newer and in my opinion kind of sounds a lot like all the previous stuff and so you're trying to get into that whole like well it's prog but it's not really progressive and right. all that kind of thing but anyway uh the point is i i got lots of opinions on the festival and the bands and everything and i post them fairly regularly in this particular case i posted something uh, I posted whining about the prices. I didn't tag anybody. So <laughs> one of the promoters, he promotes a lot of shows I do like. So he's, you know, and again, he's heavily involved in the prog scene. Um, I recently added him on Facebook. And then I was like, should I, though? Because I tend to criticize his shows because I go to them and that's what I do. I go to a show and then if I have critical things to say, I say them to people. You're allowed to. You're yeah, entitled. exactly. Exactly. And like I said, there's this weird, but there's this weird, um, which especially uh, seems to have taken hold in the, in the prog power world a little bit. The idea that, uh, right. Criticizing music is you have to be very, very careful very very specific about how you say things so you don't hurt anybody's feelings and so that it's very clear that it's your opinion but the thing is the there's there's multiple problems with that one is that uh the whole like well it's your opinion like yeah music is subjective but there's also objective elements so you're always stating some combination of your opinion versus your informed opinion hopefully versus your musical knowledge 
that can be verified because the the notes in the music you can write them down and and they mean the same thing to other people and you know there's certain things that we can there's reason to discuss music right so like if it was all just like everyone's opinion was completely separate and unrelated and in a void then sure we could all just be like well it doesn't matter what anybody thinks about it because it's all our opinions and let's not even talk about it and that would be nice but that's that's not the world we live in and oh it's and, also based upon marketability and right that's the whole point. and the reason i think we need to talk about music more and we need to be more critical is because a lot of this uh this weird uh atmosphere of Let's not say bad things about it because, you know, somebody likes that and somebody makes it and they're passionate about it. And so uh, so you shouldn't ever say anything bad about it. And uh, the problem is that's also like the same argument that people use to justify the terrible pop music that everybody listens to. And it's and it's also why it's so popular is because it's so like bland and inoffensive. Right. right? So the point is that like half the reason we have this podcast is so we can be like, you know, it's cool. You can you cannot like music and somebody else can like it and they can still enjoy it and it's fine. Like they don't have to listen. You know, they don't mm-hmm. have to agree with me. They don't have to uh, like stop Fred, liking Fred it is my hero. Yeah, like they don't no, like not. some people really <laughs> like Limp Bizkit. And no, yeah. and some people are ge- there's like a, a new thing now where some people are genuinely like, you know, Say what you want about Limp Bizkit, but like, they got a lot of people into heavy music in the '90s. Like, yeah, they got a lot of people into really bad heavy music. <laughs> and well, I mean, you know, uh, like Limp, Limp Bizkit. I mean, I, I wouldn't sit and listen to an album, but if someone randomly in a bar put on break stuff, <laughs> you know, I'd just be like, "Hey, it's that song that I used to listen to. I like this. This is cool." I wouldn't put it on repeat like most of the albums now that I have like daily going on through my apartment. Yeah. But, um, you know, I like that and, and like Korn. Uh, I like listening to Korn and some of the stuff they've done. But generally an album back to front I wouldn't listen to anymore because my musical chase, tastes have changed. That's the other thing. people People's musical tastes change. As they yeah, go. exactly. But, um, yeah, they're, um, talking about the, the music and, and music and art, and, well, music in an artistic sense being subjective it, it, it's it's something that is similar to you know people who i don't know for example people who go to college and have never had a job at a high school and then they come out and then they expect that they can just get something like that you yeah. know it's like uh, i was telling you earlier that i listened to that uh, interview where misha mansoor was doing a clinic the night before at anderton's in the uk mm-hmm. and then he was doing an interview with the captain and you know he was giving a lot of this advice um to to people who were like you know oh you're a pioneer of gent you know they consider you that and he's like i don't really like that you know i just consider myself a musician that does it for me liking it you mm-hmm. know people have always said you know you have to be original no you don't how about you just write music because you like writing it mm. and you you know if other people like it then great you know one of my icons josh homie uh, and trent reznor as well for example they've always said that it's like you know you write it for yourself and if people like it hopefully you can make a living off of it you know and you're just kind of lucky or blessed or whatever you consider your stars to be you know as far as um uh as, as that goes um so he was talking about um you know just writing the music for the sake of of like uh writing it because you enjoy it right and and then of course as i was saying before trent reznor and um 
and Josh Homme, same thing. Like, mm. it's just cool that you have people that really enjoy your music. Yeah. Um, of course, realistically, you want to try and fall under the confines of, yes, your music is original and people enjoy it because of that, and it's, like, something special and unique. Yeah. But, uh, you know... Generally speaking, you just kind of have to tend to not give a crap about what people say. Yeah. Uh, if it's like you, an overtly, you know, um, terrible thing. You know, mm. like if you could, it, let's just take Fred Durst, for example. <laughs> the reason uh. that, that, that like he and, and Limp Bizkit such, get like such a rap is because Fred Durst does certain things. He does certain things that do not garnish a popular opinion of him so much anymore. Yeah. Maybe not even in those days, you know? Yeah, no. Like, well, he... I mean, they, they, they definitely did do some great things. It's like Jonathan Davis, he's a guy that hasn't necessarily done terrible things to garnish people's hatred. Yeah. It's just a type of music that isn't as prominent now. So. Right, and and I think uh, it's clear that Limp Biscuit came about... Uh, they kind of came about in the wake of like Korn's popularity and yeah. And so it was, it was appropriate for the time. And, and they it were friends. Yeah. And uh, it just so happens that the version of that kind of music that came out of Limp Biscuit was like, uh, uh <laughs> I just see the, the cogs right like spinning. So you're not like going like, to say something terrible. Or? Well, like I'm trying to think of a <laughs> better word than like, it's, yeah, it's similar. It's just a shittier version of what Korn was doing. <laughs> but it's not just a shittier version. It was also like, it's like, it's like, Durst in particular, a lot of people are like, yeah, but you know, Wes Borland. And I I, I don't agree necessarily. Like well, I, he was the guitarist, the original yeah. one. He's not there anymore, though. Right. It's somebody else that puts makeup on to make themselves yeah. dress like they're permanently in Halloween. Right. I don't know who the hell that is. But it was originally West Borland. Like what? The, oh yeah, originally the, the, the right? guy with the ridiculous. What was he like? A pioneer paint. of biscuit music. The face paint. That what, did what, 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 what genre are we gonna call this? <laughs> biscuit music. <laughs> I don't know. Um, well, <laughs> he's. Uh, what I was gonna say was that Fred Durst added more of like the the vocal style. Like Jonathan Davis's thing was very original. Fred Durst's was kind of more just like this douche rap persona. Yeah. <laughs> like that was kind of the best way I can describe is like douche yeah. rap. Well, he took something that that you know whether it was considered original or not, he took good like a concept of hip hop and then just blended it with metal. I mean, yeah. like what other band was doing rap metal at the time? Right. It was a, still a very new thing, which is also why for a, a lot of people hated it for all because they were like. Ugh, that's what it sounds like when you combine rap and metal. Ugh. Yeah, because it had it had a new metal vibe to it, as opposed to someone like Rage Against the Machine, where it was right. like Tom Morello like acting like the guitar DJ, right, and just like pioneering new yeah, and new it was, techniques and things it, like that. It was like a really shitty kind of metal and a really shitty kind of hip hop, <laughs> and so you got really shitty. <laughs> Rap metal. Fred Durst gets to pop up a lot is when we talk, doesn't yeah. he? <laughs> but yeah, it's I, I I totally get what you're saying. You know, people people are too Oh, we, that's what we were likening it to. PC. Right. Like right. you have to be politically okay. correct with people's music and right. giving your opinions. So so the the bottom so that's the interesting thing. So the bottom line uh, is that 
you have to people have to make up their own minds at the end of the day right that's the thing people need to make up their own minds and so if you make up your own mind about things then you stop being bothered about what other people have made up their minds about because you realize yeah. it doesn't matter you have your own opinions and you don't have because i think that's the other thing is a lot of people tend to just sort of like glom on to people's opinions and not put the effort into like deciding how they feel about stuff which is like the the most popular thing nowadays is to um to like that which is not as popular so that you can become and and yeah i mean of course hipster is the first thing that rings into your head but it's like it is now fashionable to like something that is uh, not conventionally likable you know for example uh, in pop culture um not pop music but pop culture nerds are now pop like cool yeah you know what i mean like it's right. cool to be a nerd um but it, it's it's popular to follow things that are new um in the short period of time that you would want to classify them as new yeah which you know it, why why like that for the sake of liking it when you want to get to the point where you know you're talking about which is you know you care more about your opinion than other people's, which sounds really bad and egotistical, <laughs> but you know it, it. It should be the priority in your head when defining who you are. Right, and right, and that comes through to like if you're making music, it should be the same right. thing. It should be like, yeah. well. It- so anyway, <laughs> <laughs> no, no more of it. Like Fred Durst. Yeah, enough about Fred Durst. Um, but yeah, it's. I I think that I mean, if you look at it this way, music is going to be criticized or cr- critiqued by people. And then people are going to complain about it. Yeah. And and as the world becomes more, you know, there's always going to be people as, as music becomes more acceptable. Because, I mean, consider the fact that, I, I suppose, I'd say maybe the 90s was probably the last, like, decade where people would, you'd still hear, like, that music is terrible and it encourages kids to blah, blah, blah. That doesn't happen. It's like video games. That used to be a big argument. That doesn't happen so much anymore with music. Yeah. So as it becomes more acceptable, you're going to find this, let's call it the League of Extraordinary Douchebaggery where people are just like, you can't say that about music. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You have a good point, which is um, we sort of got over that. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I mean, not that it's, it's not completely out of the question that someone would revisit it because it's it's not like our, our our entire society has completely moved past that idea of censorship because yeah like that whole thing with um uh well it really was was probably worst in the the 80s with the uh the hair metal movement the, because yeah, the it was P- questionable the, about the PMRC uh hearings what was that that was where they the the, the hearings that ended up putting uh, parental warning stickers, oh. explicit content on, on CDs. And it started as this whole, right, it was this whole uh, political outrage. Uh, right. Like Tipper Gore, I think, was was at the forefront of it. And it was, it, yeah, it was all this like, oh, they're talking about sex. Because, yeah, because everything right. in the 80s, all the metal was like, <laughs> you mean we can stop being subtle about this shit? <laughs> 
yeah, right out. Although, <laughs> although it still it still almost all seems subtle compared to now. Like when you hear oh, like yeah, the yeah. most blatant. I mean, that's one of the things I love about Steel Panther is that they're <laughs> they're taking the '80s thing and just amplifying. Only it. they removed. There was still some kind of like, well, you know, you got to be a little sneaky about it, right? Yeah. And they removed that. Yeah. And replaced it with just like, that's why it works so well because they do the whole like. Uh, like the sex is very in your face and uh-huh. not subtle. Well, would would you say that? I mean, okay, because for example, the last the last example of a musician going on Jerry Springer because a mother was there with her child who thinks that it's okay to have a an alternative lifestyle, and I don't mean alternative lifestyle as in I'm, I'm I I mean you mean like alternative alternative not, right right music right. not music not, alternative not. right <laughs> that's not what I right. I don't ever use that see <laughs> I'm terrified of saying that because you're always worried that someone might be like did he just say that in that way I'm gonna burr, burr, burr. Yeah. What, what is um I don't know what what TV show this came from but the noise where the the man goes burr, 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 burr. it's when oh, people yeah. complain about shit like yeah, that yeah you know what I'm <laughs> so right. it's like the last time that Marilyn Manson or Guar got on a show with that was in the nineties. Yeah, that shit doesn't happen anymore. Yeah, and but you've got this this kind of counterbalance. I suppose it like it's not even a case of left to right politically or something or or um or rights for for human beings. But at one point you had the that extreme point where it was you know blah 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 blah, and now you have because of that that now PC thing, which again, South Park really hit the nail on the head. It's just popular and a thing that people are catching on to now and people are just becoming bullies that it's now opened up that to music where like, you can't criticize that person. Yeah. Like what was well, better back then where we, we just had people complaining about um, explosive music where it's like, well, that's cool. I can still do it. You can't stop me. Or right. now where it's like people will literally bully and socially belittle people because they're like, you're critiquing it. I'm like, no, I generally think that's shit music. Yeah. And I'm allowed to say it. Right. And I think I think part of what happens is that the industry has its own little internal thing where it's like, you know, don't burn any bridges and, uh, you know, don't piss anybody off you might have to work with or you might want to work with. Right. And so it's the same sort of like business rules all mentality, which is that it could be bad for business to say something bad about somebody else's music. Well, that's smarter to go with that than than it. You're you're um, belittling them as human beings right. because it's their expression. Right, and, and right. You know. That that in a certain context, there's sense to that. The problem is, I think that idea like outgrew its usefulness to the point where, right, everyone's just like right. Like if if you're in a prog band, like it's almost like well, but we don't talk bad about other prog bands because we're in this together because we're prog bands it's like yeah but <laughs> but but no because it's that's the which in it's because it's not as, as popular right well and the, uh, the and the the genrefication itself uh has has some issues with that which is that right prog prog bands for a while it was because it was underground it was all like uh and and i i was this way myself like in my early 20s where i was like you know progressive rock and metal is the shit and it's more complicated, so it's better. Right. And I remember that. I mean, that, that's that's a, a look that I'm sure every musician has had at some point, where particularly guitarists, where the douchebaggery or the douchebagometer like hits, you know, level five, or it's breaking the glass, where you're right. like, more notes means better music. And right. It's, 
no. But, but the problem is, what happened then is that they were all so like, well, Prague's better, and so, I mean, the positive side is there is some like you know fairly tight knit community. Like the Prague power scene is like that. There's a lot of people who've made friends there, and so they, yeah, okay. <laughs> and you know, if you see someone with like, a, and and this is metal especially too more so than Prague metal has always been very much like you know oh, it's a brotherhood and it's like if you see somebody with a metal shirt of the type of metal you like you're probably like yeah dude cool shirt yeah I like t- that I've, met, I've met great people by that right when uh, did Sam's pop into this I don't know it's just, he, he's the perfect <laughs> like you know hey do you like this like a type of metal hey. dude so uh, but what happened is I think is that like the Prague, uh, the example of Prague anyway, is they took that such an extreme where it's like, well, our music is the best type of music, so it's better than other types of music. The problem is, if that's your mentality, then you can make really, really shitty music, and as long as it sort of seems to fit, it seems to be the type of music you think you're trying to make, you think it's terrific, right? So it's like, this sounds like Prague, it must be good. Yeah. And then the problem is, where'd all the good Prague go? Why? Uh, you just need um. Oh my God, what's his name? Uh, oh my God, I'm brain farting on Pirates of the Caribbean. What's his name? Pirates of the Caribbean. What? The 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 guy that acts in Pirates of the Caribbean. What's his name? Johnny Depp. I Johnny oh. Depp. I brain fart. You need Johnny Depp to be like, why is the progo always gone? Yeah. <laughs> I think that'd be a great T-shirt. Yeah. Have Johnny Depp's face on it. Yeah. Why is the progo always gone? Copyright. No one do that. Someone yeah. make a meme. Someone. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So, 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 uh, right. So, um, so that's going to be a continuing thing. I right. Mean, that's it, a continuing it's, it's idea. It's always going to be there. That which is that there's nothing wrong with criticism and. Right. But then the, the counter, the counter is always going to be there uh, of this is someone's art and this is how they're expressing themselves. Right. Uh, and, and you're wrong for criticizing. Right. People are ba- right. The, 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 the underlying subtext is right. Somebody, this is personal to somebody. Right. And so you might hurt their feelings if right. they hear that you don't like it. But here's the problem. If you're a musician or an artist, yeah. it part of your job is to accept the fact that not everyone will like your stuff. Right. Because this is another important idea that uh, it seems obvious. Or you but should just write your music for other people. Yeah, I mean, I, I right, and and uh, you and I hear, I hear the agrees. jingle. The jingle business is flowing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. So, so it's like the idea is right, you got to make your music that you want to make, and then you have to accept that not everybody is gonna like it. Right. Because uh, a very important thing I came across, which again seems super obvious, but I think it's important, is the idea that not everybody. There is no music that everybody likes, you know, other than like. Uh, I remember it's I came across a, a, like some dude, uh, where, and this fascinated me. Randomly met some guy who was looking for musicians, and he was trying to like um, put me uh, in playing guitar, lead guitar for this uh, this guy that he found, and the, the guy was terrible. Hmm. So like, I was like, yeah, I'm on a break. I'm I'm gonna go kill time, get a bite to eat, like a pub around the Upper West Side. Yeah. The guy um, was like, uh, you know. Uh, managing this guy and trying to get him into a record company that he used to work for a big one, but he went solo to go and do it on his own. And uh, and he played the music for me. And he's like, so what do you think of the guy? And I was like, yeah, yeah, it's 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 not bad. You know, and he was like, well, what do you not like about it? And then I eventually I was like, look, man, I, I'm not going to play guitar for him. Mm. Well, why not? You know, he he was a very good pushy dude. And I'm like, dude, you're really good at what you do, but I'm not f- 
going to do it. Right. And then to talk about like music that like, you know, uh, everybody do, uh, likes or doesn't like. You're totally right. I remember him saying, and this was so shocking to me. He's like, yeah, I love Motown and good old jazz and, you know, and I, and I can't stand pop music and metal. Oh, it's gross. And I was like, oh, that's to be expected. There's always people that hate right. metal. And then I mentioned classical. He's like, "Cause you sing opera? And he's like, oh yeah, I hate classical. Every time I hear it, I want to like grate my nails against something. And that's where, that was the biggest problem I had. <laughs> it was at the end of it because, you know, I was about to say my goodbye, go separate ways, you know, like, ah, oh, this kid's a tool. Not really. He was, he was very nice. If you're listening, you tool. And, <laughs> <laughs> he was like, he was like, yeah, classical music is te- it's just terrible. It's just terrible. And he was one of those good marketing Donald Trump esque men. Right. He's nothing. He was a hipster dude, but he was just like, it's just terrible. It's just terrible. And you're like, yeah. jazz really is birthed from. I mean, all music is birthed from classical, yeah, and then yeah. folks are different. Re- folk music is different representations of each uh, indigenous like tribe or whatever yeah. you know in the day. But like, I was like shit man and it brought me to that realization that some people just don't like classical music and i had i had that like burning like sense of how fucking dare you not like yeah. classical well, music and it's, it's also one of those things where uh you know we've been exposed to enough to know that like the idea of saying like i don't like classical music if you've actually right. studied it you're like you realize how much music that includes, right? That right. is a ridiculous amount of music right. that you are saying none of it is of any interest to you. Did, and that's okay if you don't have the time or interest right. for it. But I just never heard to say that like classical like, music is bad is saying right. like music <laughs> is bad. Right. But does he when he said it, it was it was just definitely the way that he portrayed it because it was right. like, yeah, it just it grates me, it, like it hurts my head. I may, well, when he left that comment, I was like, so basically what you're saying is you get the dum-dums whenever you hear classical because you <laughs> right. have problems interpreting it. Right, you're like, I don't need all these notes but and all this many, stuff happening. Right, like, ow, ow, my head. Yeah. But no, he, he definitely portrayed it in a manner uh, that I'd never heard before because most people, when they say they don't like classical, they don't say that it's bad or they hate it. They're just like, yeah, I just don't listen to yeah. it a lot or, you know, I just prefer pop and, and like, you know, or I prefer smooth jazz. I, I'm not. I'm not a fan of classical. Yeah. It just. It sounds a lot like very busy to me. That's why when I explain like to some people that don't like metal, like there are some forms of metal you'll like, and they're like, no, what do you mean? And I'm like, well, you like classical music. There's a. There's quite a few, you know, um, bands or artists that compose metal music where it's yeah. basically just taking the busyness. If if you, I guess, if you want to say, because a lot, not all classical music's busy, but most of it is. And, yeah. and then you just you're putting it in a different composition with different instruments. Yeah, you know, and and that's you know it's, it's funny because actually metal is a great comparison, especially with yeah. how many, you know, how how varied it's gotten now, especially because mm-hmm. uh, I mean I remember people in like college or whatever. Yeah, same same deal. Where people make the weirdest assumptions too. Like I remember, like now, uh, extreme vocals are fairly common. I like that you call them extreme vocals, yeah. by the way, because a lot of the people who say, sing this with me, it's like, yeah. I, I don't have a problem with it. I'm just, I kind of go, no, that's that's not right. You're not singing. Yeah. I and, like that. Extreme right. vocals. And, well, I'm going to steal that. And it's like, because it's not always growls. It's not always screams. Right. Uh, you can try. It, it, There's the pig squeal it's noise. It's technically not accurate <clears throat> to call it death metal vocals or black because it's like again it's across so many different types of metal now that extreme people use extreme vocals and so 
similar to that so it's like uh you know some people will just be like oh metal that's just with all the screaming right and it's yeah. like no in yeah. fact it's it's that really didn't catch on that much until the 90s right and it's only now that it's like a super common part did of you metal. ever listen to at the gates they were in the a little bit yeah right. yeah um a slaughter of the soul was the first song that i'd ever heard that was truly metal next to you know that was like metal core that was like it was some the, of the well, birth it was of metal the, core. it was the death metal that metal core was most influenced by right exactly yeah. because i mean you know that, that that next to what else i was listening to at 16 that was like my and i'm i'm not talking about metal that is like you know in those days where i would listen to like corn marilyn manson and lincoln park you know yeah because you kind of they all kind of just went into that was the music you listened to this was 11 years ago yeah, and so you know, I I would listen to like Cradle of Filth alongside uh, at the Gates mm. and uh, Arch Enemy, and this is when Arch Enemy essentially were you know about putting on the paint and dressing up with the spikes next to Cradle of Filth. You know, now even even let's just say like the last few years of Angela Gossow, they they weren't about that. Yeah, you know, it was about the music, yeah. and and I'm not saying that they were they were posers earlier on. It was just a thing that people did, so good for them, and it, and yeah. it, and it was great. Um, but, you know, people are very defensive about, they need to, like, prerequisite to you. Um, yeah, metal. I, I'm just not into that screamy stuff. And when they say that, like you were saying before, you're like, it's like when you talk to people about classical. You know, if, if you were to, like, hum Ode to Joy by Beethoven, yeah, or, like, you know, something like For Elise, People are like, oh, I know that song. It's cool. And you're like, yeah, I'm not trying to get you to listen to Bella Bar talk immediately. You know? Yeah. <laughs> and my cat just is like, why did you do that? He continues <laughs> to lick his, not balls, uh, foot. But, um, you know, it, it's, I, I mean, I get that. I mean, like I always say that there's something that I, I want to, you know, you should always, I guess, be able to in your own mind be like what's my i know i have goals and career goals and music but yeah you know what are my mission goals and and i've always kind of like driven towards i want to create an appreciation and understanding mainly more understanding mm -hmm. of all genres despite the preconceived notions of the genre uh, etiquette yeah because you know for example like i love opera i love singing it i love performing it i love getting my hair cut and looking more angelically cherub chubby like <laughs> as opposed to you know hobo like now yeah <laughs> i put that down to the, the leg um but you know at the end of that telling your colleagues yeah yeah i want to go see the um chunk no captain junk uh show or parkway drive or uh periphery or mashuga or mastodon and and you know those kind of shows and and then have my colleagues in opera be like oh my goodness what is that you know or, so where have you been performing? Who have you been studying with, like, the whole, the yeah. grind of opera that is disgusting? And then to turn around to people who, like, you know, they like pop music or, or let's just say contemporary. Let's just put rock all in that one vein. Yeah. And then be like, yeah, I'm going to go do this performance, you know, uh, or, like, back in the day. Oh, yeah, I, I'm going to Carnegie Hall. Do you want to come buy tickets <laughs> and blah, blah, blah? And then have people that are just not as versed in, like, all of it or have a, an understanding as opposed to appreciation, yeah, you know, be like, oh, that's that's bollocks. That's a load of shit. You know, it's. I realize in that mission statement that I have for myself to 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 try and send that message out into the ether throughout my life musically. Yeah, 
it's going to be more of the understanding as opposed to appreciation because not everybody's <laughs> going to like it. Right. And that's fine. Right. I just want people to understand that, you know, it's okay rather than, than, than say that. But arguably, this kind of puts in that point that we've been driving earlier on, which is, you know, you can't say that about somebody's music. Yes, you can. Yeah. You know, I, I, I'd strive to get people to understand yeah. it only because there's been such hate for certain types of music that is uh, unfounded. Yeah, yeah. That it's it's not like I'm, I want you to I want you to love Coldplay, Matt. Right. Because or right. I, I want you to love Fred Durst, Matt. Right. Well, and and <laughs> and like 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 we said, like anybody who's into metal has experienced this because you've anyone who's into metal has met somebody. Oh, yeah. Who told them they didn't like metal, and you're like, sure, whatever, of course not. Right. But nowadays, you say that somebody has always said it in a way where you were like, yeah. But uh, you clearly haven't like heard enough to really yeah. be that like well, determined about how much you nowadays, dislike it, though, right? Because there's so many subgenres, right? We discussed it's that, so, right? So it's one thing, and 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 again, I'm and I'm not into nitpicking how particular people talk about things, whatever. But right. part of it has been my because you don't care, <laughs> right? And and because I realized <laughs> I was the one wasting my time Caring. trying to have some of these conversations and differentiate. Where it's like, yeah. For example, especially with the whole like it's your opinion thing. Like when I what I realized at one point is like, of course it is. It came out of my mouth. Like of course it's my opinion, regardless of how I As stated. As opposed to a fact, this morning I got up, right. drank a coffee, and took a shit. So <laughs> if if it's really just a matter of me saying like, in my opinion, then like. I could do that, but then I'm just wasting my time saying in my opinion all the time, yeah. just to make people like more. Uh, more open to listening to the yeah. ideas I'm trying to get across, and sometimes it's not a matter of that's it's 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 a it's a scale. It's not like opinion versus fact. It's that right. sometimes it's an opinion, sometimes it's a very subjective personal opinion. Yeah, and I try to you know be verbal about the different the difference, but yeah. sometimes it's an informed opinion based on music education. Right, and. We don't want to waste all our time talking about the difference between those, right? We don't want to no, waste all our no, time no, saying no. like, well, this is my opinion, but this is an opinion based a little more on things that are verifiable. And then this is completely based on objective information. And especially and, if you know a person, then it's more apparent. I mean, right. it's not as pointless as phrases like at this time. I mean, I've always found this to be in, in American culture really funny, like phrases like at this time, for example, oh, yeah. like on a plane at this time. The pl- or we're, we're we're experiencing tef- technical difficulties on the flight. Meanwhile, all you hear in the background is, ah! and, then, <laughs> and then and then it's like at this time we ask that you put on your oxygen. No shit. We're what else? Good. What <laughs> else were you were you <laughs> asking like in about fifteen minutes you'll be wanting to put on your oxygen vest? At this time, like it's not. Yeah. It's not. It's not a. There's no point to that. Yeah. Also, yeah. that small amount of time that you've taken to say at this time really could have been better spent. You know, if you add up all the times in your life you said at this time, you know, (laughs) I'm sure it's part of the spiel and they have no choice, the shtick, but like, and and, and it's probably just, you know, a colloquial, uh, polite way to say it, you know, as opposed to other languages like in Spanish or French where there's a polite uh, way to say something. In English, it's it's you know, yeah, it's it's uh, right, it's it's a uh, but it's it's not it's like that professional. where you have to say, in my opinion, right. But generally speaking, you know, it's like if you're comfortable around somebody, especially if talking about music, you, yeah, you don't have to say that, right? And it's right, it, it kind of comes down to like tact and context, yeah, which is right. It's the same. It's why some of that makes sense. Like you don't want to just go around telling every single person you're a hundred percent uncensored. 
opinions on things. No. You, I mean, some people do. In fact, Look what happened to Paula Well, Dean. you met Rich. <laughs> well, you met Rich. Oh, uh, yeah. and part of the reason he is so great to have on the podcast is that he he is extremely open and vocal about his opinions. Right. And he just it just it's it's part of his personality, and it's the type of friends he makes. Is people are, you don't hang out with him, or you don't become friends with him. If you're put off by people stating strong opinions all the time, right? Yeah, right. You just, but but he's fine with like filtering that through his personality. I've always been more of a like, well, look, if you don't like, you clearly, uh, I I try to feel out whether somebody gives a shit, right? I don't, and this is a thing I was gonna mention. Uh, uh, you always have a friend like that, though. I have right. friends like that, and right? I, right. I love them exactly, and I and sometimes I'll be that friend. But I, 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 in certain contexts, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm so more, you're not in my group of friends. <laughs> right. No, no. Well, but it's because I, well, I'm, I'm, uh, my thing is that, and, and I, I was trying to find the way to like say this on the podcast. Part of the reason I have this podcast is so that I don't go to parties and ruin them <laughs> with my musical opinions. So you should, you should if definitely somebody, preface it with, uh, ju- uh, just to be clear at this time, in my opinion. Right. Like if, if somebody uh, wants to have a conversation about something, or or there's like an, a conversation going on about music, I'll, you know, jump in and 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 say my thoughts on it. But you know, I feel it out, and I'm not just like I don't like I literally don't go to parties and be like, oh, you're playing this song by the weekend. I don't understand why everyone thinks he's so great. Allow me to elaborate more on how overrated the weekend is. You know, I'm not like going to parties. And ruining them, and like I, I understand social context, and so yeah, I mean, and again, the bottom line especially is, especially if you want to be friends with those right, people or have right. further conversations with them, right? And I don't, and I don't need everybody to know my opinion, and I don't need everybody to know that it's better than theirs or whatever, <laughs> you know? Like it's not, which it clearly is, which it clearly <laughs> is. Uh, but I understand not everybody oh, needs God. to be told that. Uh, so well, speaking speaking of opinions, yes. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna start with a nicer one and then and then fade into the other. What's your uh, you see you like Periphery? You've talked to me about them well, before. Well, I'm I uh, you you prefer them without the singer. I know that we we got right. that. Right, I like I like the first album. And Ditto. I th- I'm I'm surprised I, that that not more people also like the first album more because we discussed before, in short, that uh in that that Misha Mansour uh interview mm-hmm. with the captain from Anderton's UK on YouTube. Check it out. Um. Um, you know, he's awesome. I love Misha Mansur, and uh, I totally brain fired. Good God! Um, yeah, I brain fired, dude. Oh, is this something about like the the more accessible? Oh yeah, yeah, songs? yeah, yeah, yeah. It was about edit. <laughs> it was about um, you know how like Alpha the album, yeah. which was a 2015 release, and then Omega was as well, I guess. Um. People find that more accessible, um, but I find the first one like a lot more accessible because mm. I I don't know I appreciate them for their uh, their um, the guitar really I appreciate them for their song structure not uh-huh. their vocals which is weird as as primarily as a vocalist but it doesn't mean I'm dogging Spencer I I love the the vocalist he's he's yeah. awesome I just care more about the other instruments mm-hmm. in that particular band yeah and and you know as he said the last album he was like thinking more as a uh you know composing with room for vocals as opposed to here I wrote this album in my basement 
We're at the yeah. end of it. Now just write vocals so for it. just, <laughs> you know, sing wherever you want yeah. or wherever you can. Good luck. So, yeah. I mean, you, you were saying you, you also preferred the first album. Like, what, yeah. what are you thinking about the, the latter well, ones? Well, I mean, part of it is that I honestly think... Uh, I mean... Uh, I'm glad that there's a periphery because it is kind of getting this whole new, younger kind of proggy audience. Right. Uh, but well, would you consider them proggy? Well, my initial my initial response uh, to periphery, uh, periphery and, like not. hearing about periphery was pretty much when I heard about Gent. You know, that right. was the thing. And my whole thing with Gent was like, this is just like a certain kind of prog metal. Like, it's just a yeah more mashugai prog metal yeah why does it need a new name mm-hmm. and then i realized as it went on and i listened to more gent bands that actually they weren't that progressive because only a handful of bands were like progressive genty but then there were these gent bands that were just gent and they just kind of like followed a formula and weren't actually progressive in any way not even in the sort of like reduced sort of Right. quote unquote prog way yeah and so then i was like oh okay this is never mind because at first i was just like it's an unnecessary genre it's just a different kind of prog but then i was like oh no because a few of the bands are kind of proggy but most of them just kind of went with this like well it, it's like well i mean the, the thing is that the gen flow in in like the bands that use the the i suppose we'll just say the technique not they are a genre um, yeah. you know they they flow in different senses where like metalcore for example which was the primary like of early 2000s and onward for like the next 10 years mm-hmm. the bands would follow influences of hardcore punk metal um like traditional metal uh new metal i guess you could say there's not a lot of yeah. like metalcore bands that that they they took influences from it they weren't necessarily you know yeah but i mean the metalcore to me was always a lot of the 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 singer could either sing and scream and whatever whatever manner sorry extreme vocals love that fucking term uh and then they would do a lot of dance around the root stuff i call it dance around the root it's like here do the one chord here do the six chord and then dance around the root like you hit the root and then you just move around it. Yeah, that was like metalcore. And then uh, you you'll do a lot of triplet tremolo based stuff in the low drop tuning of the guitar, and then just do like fluttered like third intervals and just move them down a half step. You know? Yeah. Nerd 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 nerd. But like that was that was that. Now gent or the technique that is used, like it varies. For example, I consider periphery to be more genty than animals as leaders. Yeah, because animals as leaders is more focused on like the storytelling composition. Well, especially that was the th- interesting thing. Especially their third, the joy of motion. Right. They really kind of, sort of were like. I think there's like one track on there that's that's like distinctly genty. Like yes, but but uh, I think it's the woven web. Uh, well, I was thinking uh, tooth and nail. Tooth and Claw. Tooth and Claw, sorry. Tooth and Claw, he says... Tooth and Nail is a Dokken album (laughs) uh, from the mid-80s, and uh, that's why I get confused with it. Uh, Yeah, Tooth and Claw has kind of the most, like, straight-up, like, uh, genty, I think, kind of... Yeah, well, uh, the way that he described it when he wrote that song, um, Tosin Abasi, who we'll get to next, I'm sure... um, 
he said that he wrote that just for the sake of having a heavy song on there. Pro- that's, yeah, all, that's always right. awesome. Because he, because right, he realized it was like a way less genty album. Yeah, and so he, he didn't <laughs> want to completely alienate the. But the thing is, uh, a lot of people I've talked to. Well, it's interesting. I feel like they got a little bit of a swap, which is kind of like how uh, periphery. Uh, I like them less and less, but they seem to be getting more acceptable to a less kind of proggy genty audience mm-hmm. uh like you said in that interview he was even saying how they're writing kind of more accessible songs and uh animals as leaders kind of the similar thing where like i think the the first album wasn't really gent or it wasn't trying to be gent no. it had gent elements uh but then the second album a lot of people were like the second one got really genty and i don't know i don't uh, I think I have the second one, but uh, but from what I've heard of it, that seems true. Like there's a lot of genty stuff on the second one, and then the third one kinda is just instrumental guitar music. Well, I mean, consider this. You know, you were talking about Queen's right to me before because mm-hmm. I don't know enough about them. Yeah, you know, you always try and give your your music um, listening the three chances. Yeah, as I say, just to like you know. Well, I don't like this. Oh, I like it more. Oh no, I like it more. And you were saying, you know, that you you you're liking periphery less and less. The way I look at it is, I try and take bands for the parts that I like, and it doesn't have to be chronological. As in, they were good, and then they got worse necessarily. For example, Animals as Leaders. I told you, I I guess I gave them three chances to listen to, and that that one time where you and a couple of my other friends were uh going <laughs> to uh, to see animals as leaders perform with with uh i forget who else was performing at that show uh devin townsend um and that ladies. um you know i put on the joy of motion like for a week straight and listened to it like back to front constantly mm-hmm. i was like this um, this is amazing and then i tried to you know so go back a bit more and maybe it was the production value that, that did it for me like as well yeah i, I mean, just it's... didn't like i don't l- necessarily like um Animals is leaders earlier stuff as opposed to um, you know periphery where I like their original stuff. But I take periphery as a band from what I like of them. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, right. It's like I know that you're saying you like them less and less, and I get that. It's like Foo Fighters just put out, for example, I'm a huge Foo Fighters fan, mm-hmm. and they just put out Saint Cecilia EP. I, I suppose the the terrible like bro douchebag in the back of my mind went, oh for God's sakes, really. You just pulled like an American Idiot, and what what was the Saint song on American Idiot album? Like, oh yeah, um, I Saint Bollocks. So, <laughs> like now the Foo Fighters have released the Saint Wank EP, and I initially listened to the, the songs, and I kind of got through them all, and I was like, ah. Now because I like them so much, I'm trying to PC myself in my head, like, yeah, I really didn't enjoy that shit. You know, yeah, and, yeah. And, but that's okay because bands right. change. Yeah, and you exactly. Don't have to like it. Exactly. And and I realize that more and more, like I got a new phone, all my music went off. I listened to to other stuff. I like circled back to all the '90s Foo stuff that I used to listen to when I first started listening to them, and I'm like, ah, I'm getting more out of my Foo's listening experience. You yeah. know, I I I would suggest that most people try and do that for the music they have. You know, it's like take something as extreme as Green Day, Dookie. That's yeah. a funny word to me, the way Americans <laughs> say, because Dookie's not yes. something that, and that in my British opinion, people say. 
the only necessary Green Day album. Right. <laughs> now, I, I'm also, I am also? I am biased because uh, that was the one that I listened, I was like 13 or 14 or whatever, yeah. or, or maybe a little older than that, but it was like a middle school, high school, and like... Transition point for you? Purely, yeah, yeah, and, and, and like, so there's a lot of nostalgia, and also, by the time the next album came out, I was on to like... Prog stuff. Oh, so that was the have, end of my yeah, mainstream music. That's like listening. when the nineties said goodbye to the eighties soloing escapade yeah. of too many notes. You were probably like, well, and complicated I complicated prog goodbye Green Day. Wait, well, yeah, and that was the weird thing is I I did the flip side. I was I uh, I was following you know fairly mainstream stuff uh, up until uh, my friend Mike introduced me. Well, he introduced me to ACDC which kind of got me into like how there's rock Thanks, Mike. there's older rock that is different than the current popular rock and yeah. there's something in it that isn't in the current popular rock. Yeah. And so and it just got me playing my guitar again cuz I yeah. saw this freaking dude dressed like a schoolboy running around like like on stage <laughs> like a freaking crazy person oh wow and it kind of rem- i've never heard this story about matt yeah no school. i don't well it's it's okay so I don't share it <laughs> yeah so uh, it's part of my origin story uh, wow i like this <laughs> so i well i i already had played guitar but i was you know bored or whatever and i have a shit origin shit, story but <laughs> so i like this Keep well going. okay so so i i saw acdc and i started playing uh guitar again uh-huh and after that, I was like, after I spent like a few months just like obsessively listening to ACDC, I went to Mike and I'm like, all right, man, what should I listen to next? Right. Because I was like, because this one was like, fuck the radio. And before that, I was like, uh, Green Day, uh, Weezer, the Blue Album. Good album. Now, right. And I still, both of these, I, they were the album I listened to. So I can't discount the possibility of nostalgia, but I still feel like, both those bands when their next album came out maybe it was just because i wasn't on board anymore yeah but at the same time i was kind of like uh i liked the last one better yeah and this seems very similar but not as good and i will say weezer more so likable than green day yeah we, like uh, rivers cuomo tends to have a very i really don't care what you think because right. he was so shy and, and in a little way green day kind of like came back around in some like like uh when they did like because um, because honestly that it was hashpipe was the single and i still think that is a dumb song a uh, weezer yeah. yeah like so i still think that album uh, the or or maybe i don't know maybe the album was so bad but the single was hashpipe and that was part of why i was like what is this crap weezer you know what hashpipe was the first song i ever heard by weezer on uh kerrang which is britain's like mtv oh yeah yeah like they have kerrang awards and they give a ton of american and uh, international bands like specific Kerrang awards and i remember that um the hashpipe was the first video i saw and then it was like closely followed by like uh buddy holly and stuff like yeah. that and i was like how can a band that made a song that was kind of weird because hashpipe seems weird to me i like the song personally me but it just seemed weird to me musically and then when i heard buddy holly i was like this is like completely different yeah from yeah. from hashpipe well and i think that's what it was i think they maybe they were trying to experiment and that experiment for me personally did understand that's did understandable work. that's fine i mean i think that was uh the that must have been the green album because there was a blue then there was pink yep it was uh the green album like ha- yeah hashpipe and uh 
But then this is the thing, you know, it's like ACDC. There were albums in the middle where no one listened to. Yeah. You know, like they... And, and this is just... Let's say we exclude Bon Scott years, because I love Bon Scott. Yeah. Personally. Not that I don't like Brian Johnson, who couldn't. ACDC is just amazing. But there were albums in the middle where it was just shit, you know? Yeah. Um, and then you, like, take one song. Like, for example, let's take the Green Album by Weezer here. Um, Hashpipe is awesome. In my opinion, uh, just have to have to say yeah. that phrase there, man. <laughs> uh, Island in the Sun was another hit they did, and it's a cool song. But then I don't know any of these other bloody songs. Island don't in the let Sun go. was good. I Photograph felt like crabs because Weezer has crabs on their green album. Is Island in the Sun that same album? Yeah, it's like right after. Hashpipe. I feel like the yeah. single came off. I feel like there was a huge delay in the singles between Hashpipe and Island in the Sun. I could be totally wrong. And maybe it was just that Hashpipe came out, and I was yeah. like, what? Fuck this. Well, the Island in the Sun got a huge like, playability as far as like commercials and uh, right. uh, movies and things like yeah. that goes. I mean, if you look at the, even now, like the, the, the amount of times one has been used in a commercial or something, yeah. Island in the Sun goes nuts. But, um, but yeah, there's, there's albums that like ACDC had like that where it was like, oh... Yeah. No, why did you do that? Well, and like I said, there's there's also the factor that, like I said, I, I once I got into... Oh, yeah, so the follow-up, so it was ACDC, and then it was Rush. And when ah. he got me into Rush, then I was done. I done? was like, radio can suck my I don't, know, I don't know why you don't work in the guitar department anymore. You liked Rush so much, then, you know, someone, yeah. someone must have been... What? Uh, friends with you. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm, I'm making. Uh, oh yeah, oh I see. Gestures. Oh, I because be right. No, that's why. It, that's why it worked out so great when yeah. I went to the repair shop. You be- did tell me, yeah, yeah. And right off the bat, I told I told people I was like, yeah, and and I like Rush, so I won't get sick of it. Yeah, keep. I won't get sick. I don't get sick of Rush. Like I, it, which is I, all that I, I ever played in the repair department. And here's the thing about here's here's <laughs> another. Uh, this is one another reason that I feel like I am. I've always very much. Uh, uh, or especially uh, after some time, I I got very much in tune with how a lot of people don't like my favorite music, and that's fine, right? So that's part of the whole. Yeah. It's like like Rush. I won't go into detail, but I think Rush is one of the best bands. Uh, period. Uh, one of the best rock bands that has ever been, and I have reasons for that. I'm not gonna get into them. But I also totally get that some people just can't stand Getty Lee's voice. I have no argument. F- I, I, yeah, of course. He reminds me of that 80s band. Um, Take a look at my girlfriend. <laughs> like, he sounds like that person. Super Tramp. Right, right, right. Because right. that, that dude has a ridiculously high, annoying voice. It's not, too, I mean, but. I'm not annoyed by Getty Lee's voice. I mean, then again, I have listened to enough Rush songs. It's like, you know, you were talking about, like, getting music at a, an opposite point for me for example yeah i didn't listen to all the really good classic rock music mm. until i moved to new york and started working for sam ash because oh, okay. i have a lot of of you know older generation yeah uh, folk who would say you know what you gotta listen to Sunny is this song by zeppelin yeah you know people are like oh haven't you got that album and i'm like no i mean i was raised on the, like everyone, you know, like the Beatles, the Beatles, blah, blah, blah. I was raised mm. on the Beach Boys. Oh. You know, so you know how you're talking about your ACDC and yeah. your this. Like I was raised on the Beach Boys as a kid, the first cassette tape I own. And I don't listen to them anymore today. Yeah. At all. I mean, it's, it's great music, but 
I don't care. I remember my first CD was Tenacious D when I went out yeah. and bought one. Yeah. Well, I had a similar thing, which is that uh, it was interesting because my, my dad is such a huge Beach Boys fan. He's the biggest Beach Boys fan. Right. And um, so I was exposed to them a lot early on. But also, my parents are huge Beatles fans. So yeah, so like I have this thing where I similarly consider my like uh not not so much cl- like 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 early classic rock like 60s classic rock like Beatles Beach Boys that kind of thing mm-hmm. I got through all that stuff as a kid also right like yeah. you're just like so then when you get a little older you're kind of just like well I already heard all that yeah, it's yeah. in my brain already maybe I understand it better now yeah. but like so it's it's same thing with like the Beatles we're like I think the Beatles are great, and right? I won't discount like Thank you. their importance. Like I, people I, are shitting a brick listening to this. What are you saying about the Beatles? Right. Like, well, and well, it's interesting though because there's also a lot of people who, uh, uh, because the Beatles are so popular, a lot of people like to be like, "Yeah, the Beatles are overrated." Blah, blah, blah. And it's like, well, fine. Like, right again, not everybody likes all yeah. likes all like yeah. not everybody likes all the music. I, I and just, that's fine. I just don't. But you can't really get around the Beatles' influence, no, right? You cannot. And or like Black Sabbath. For and example. I personally, genuinely do like the Beatles. To be clear, but I listened to so much of them as a kid right. that when I got older, like I've come back around and revisited stuff sometimes. And and obviously, I didn't listen to all of it as a kid, and I wasn't like. You know, I wasn't like a little kid going like, well, you know, but uh, but which is your favorite side of the White Album? Because, uh, you know, cause uh, I, I don't even know which one the fucking White st- Album people was, still right? have those conversations today and, and it, it just, I, uh, yeah, well, I, I, I'm, I'm unfortunately biased in the sense that I lived in Liverpool for seven years. Oh. So, like, Beatles Mania to me was the most comical thing. Oh, yeah. It, it, like, I would cycle up from, uh, like, Liverpool's big. I mean, there's a lot of areas. Um, and I would go to a place called Wilton. And I would go from my area of Childwell, and I'd cycle up there, and I'd go past Strawberry Fields. You know, to me, it was a rusted red gate with graffiti all over it, mm. and then a very shitty, unkempt piece of grass that, <laughs> like, was just dirt-based. You know, <laughs> and it's like, you know, Strawberry Fields forever. It, prob- it probably used to be pretty nice, but right. now it's like- <laughs> no. Well, that's because people would go in the '60s and do a lot of drugs, and yeah. then it became very nice. Yeah. I don't know. I have I, no idea. I but but it's funny to me because like the ma- I could see you would see around Liverpool, all over Liverpool, and it was only one of them. So it'd be funny when you see it, you go, oh, there it is, the magical mystery tour bus, uh, yeah. and this thing is straight out of the bloody sixties. It's a rainbow colored bus with lots of Asian people taking pictures on it. <laughs> so like I remember one time I was going past there and people were like crowding off of it, and I was like, oh, I have to get off my bike because this is a hill. Oh, there's people in the way. Oh. Fuck you, the Beatles. <laughs> like, and, and I got off, and then the people were like, "Oh, a picture!" And I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, sure, sure, no problem." Like, yeah. you know, people would want to take a picture with you, and I would always make sure I'd move over enough, like, so that, like, even if I was just going past, not taking a picture, because I only ever happened once, so that you could just see like the graffiti's of like tits and stuff. Like, yeah, <laughs> like, <laughs> look at the historical like relevance. But the the Beatles for me is it, like I don't I don't deny their um. Uh, relevance in in music yeah. and what they've they've affected people with, either. However, uh, I haven't heard them so much when I was a kid. I I never really did. I think the f- the earliest song I can remember by the Beatles wasn't by the Beatles. It was um, 
Simply having a wonderful Christmas oh, time. God. Right. Somebody Blast posted the, the other day and it was a thing about how uh, I agreed with him that that's like the worst Christmas song ever written. Like, <laughs> I, c- I could see Or at least my least favorite. Right. I actually like to hear it. Because well, it just brings back some great memories for me as a kid. Oh, oh um, okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like, I, and I like the song too. I mean, it's I just I wouldn't listen to it on repeat, right? Because it's a seasonal song. You don't, yeah. You know, I, I don't know. I mean, I personally sometimes put a Christmas album on in July while having a drink with chums just to like for a laugh. <laughs> yeah. But then again, I'll put the My Dick album on like with well, friends for my, a laugh. Well, and also my favorite Christmas album is the probably the South Park. Christmas album, <laughs> so good. That makes sense. so many good songs. Yeah, not because uh, of you, it just makes sense because it's, it's a- and it's hilarious. Yeah, and it's all the funniest jokes about the CDs. Like, there's like the lonely Jew on Christmas. Yeah, and there's uh I Mr. Mr. Garrison's yeah Merry like, fucking Christmas. Merry fucking oh That's I love that. I, I listened yeah. to it uh, Merry last night. Christmas. I love that yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, it was that great. That and uh, see, this is the problem. I just I could keep going because it's <laughs> such a good album. Uh, Christmas time in hell. Yeah. Oh. Oh, Ashley played that too. Ashley, I think it was like a point of like. I was just so tired in the night, and she started yeah. playing the Mr. Garrison song, followed by "It's Christmas Time in Hell." Nice. Um, I love it. So um, anyway, so the yeah. part of my point was the other thing with the Beatles is like, even if like you agree that they're great and you're on board with it, at right. some point in your life you've heard it so much yeah. that if you meet somebody, especially if like it's one thing when you meet like kids or adolescents who have just discovered something, right. and then you can be like, "All right, well, you know what? You enjoy that. You're gonna." Good for you. <laughs> you're gonna enjoy that. I'm glad that you get to experience. It really sounds it like you're about to go too much tuna. It really does <laughs> right. sound like you're about yeah, yeah. to say that. Like, uh, Wait, listen, listen, you little <laughs> schmuck. No, uh, <laughs> uh, but like you know, like like we 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 I you teach kids. I used to teach kids, and you know they want to play. They they they're excited about. Uh, a whole lot of love or whatever and you're like you know good for you but sometimes you meet an adult <laughs> yeah, right. who's still like obsessed with how great zeppelin is and you're like all right dude we get it but like chill out everybody knows about zeppelin you don't yeah. need to like convince anybody i yeah i i i, I mean i love zeppelin and, yeah. and i love playing zeppelin songs with other musicians and generally speaking i mean it's kind of people who are great musicians that you play with won't get amazed at that kind of stuff immediately. Yeah. You know? Well, it's like you... It's like, but the, it's hard. Somet- sometimes you'll have that feeling like playing with, with Oliver's Revenge, for example, a cover band that I play on and off with. Um, like, to start playing the opening riff to rock and roll, that will forever be my favorite favorite Led Zeppelin song. And, uh, like, just to pick slide and go into that part and then to sing it, just to get goosebumps. It's yeah. so much fun to do it, you know? Yeah. But uh, I won't have it on repeat listening to it right. all the time because you just, you don't want to lose it. Yeah. Um, well, and it's totally different. It's also, yeah, it can be a totally different thing when you actually like play something. Oh, yeah, yeah, versus. yeah. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe on iTunes or yourmusicisbad.com. Follow me on Twitter at the one true Matt. And if you got issues with our take on something, let us know. Send that shit to hate mail at yourmusicisbad.com. I will read it. It's the only email address. That's where you send stuff. <laughs>